Everybody loves a good story. Most of our families have that person that when they start telling a story about the family, everybody gathers around. You know, we've all got that uncle or that aunt or that grandmother, that grandfather, that they just know how to tell a good story. And when they get started about some story from the days gone by, everybody gathers around to hear. We like a good story. Jesus was a fantastic storyteller. We call them parables. They were wonderful stories reflecting real life that make a very significant spiritual point. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the parable that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. Sometimes called the parable of the sower. Sometimes it's called the parable of the soils. Jesus used a very familiar picture from the New Testament day, a thing that people would see all the time. A farmer out at his field sowing his crop. He uses that image to illustrate a significant truth that every person of every age needs to understand, that it matters how we respond to the gospel. Over the next few weeks, we're going to read through this extraordinary parable and also take a look at Jesus' explanation of the parable that follows. Hopefully, we will gain a new understanding, both of our own reaction to the message of Christ, as well as to an understanding of the way that others react to his message. But first, let's take a look at the seed that is sown. In this passage, Jesus, uh, to this point in his ministry, has primarily been teaching his disciples, the twelve that he had chosen. He'd been getting them ready for the ministry that was to follow. During that time, he had performed miracles, and as would be expected, crowds began to gather, both to see the miracles, and there were those who came because they desperately sought Jesus' miracle power in their own life. In fact, the crowds become so large that by Mark chapter 3, verse 7, Jesus tells his disciples to obtain a boat so that if the crowds become so large, he can go out in the waters and and help all of them to hear better using the shoreline as a a kind of an amphitheater. Well, in Mark chapter 4, that's exactly what happens. The crowds gather and, and Jesus has his disciples line them up along the shore. He gets in a boat, goes out a few yards into the water so that the water itself, as along with the shoreline, will, will act as kind of an amplifier for his voice and everybody is able to hear him. And then he tells a story. We pick up the account in Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and set it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Jesus used parables frequently in his teaching, especially when he was speaking to the crowds. Parables have often been called earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. Jesus' parables came out of the everyday life of the New Testament. They were descriptions of activities that people of his day would have been very familiar with seeing them. 
Now, according to Mark chapter 4, verse 10 through 12, Jesus also used his parables for another reason, as a diagnostic tool. Those who truly sought the kingdom of God would come to understand the meaning of the parables, while those who refused to understand their meaning would refuse the kingdom of God as well. The parables were a big part of Jesus' teaching about God's kingdom, and so it's significant that we understand what they mean. It was the reason Jesus began his parables with this term of attention. A word that's here translated as listen. It's translated different ways with different words. But the idea is it's an attention grabber. It's a statement saying, you need to hear this. Listen up. And then he concludes his parables with this phrase, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And what he said between that call to attention, listen, and that concluding phrase, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What he says in between provides an essential truth, something that's worth not only hearing, but understanding. Which is basically the point of this parable that we call the parable of the sower. Like a farmer sowing his seed, Jesus is describing how he is proclaiming the message of God's kingdom. In the New Testament day, it was a very common sight. You'd see a farmer walking through his field, planting by casting out his seed. Often they'd have a little apron on that would have a pouch, and it would be filled with the seed. And as they would walk along, they'd grab a handful, throw it out, grab another handful, throw it out, so that the seed was cast across the field. Now, the seed would fall on different kinds of soil. And depending on the soil would determine how the seed would grow. It was these types of soil that present the point of the parable. Jesus is basically asking a question. Which type of soil are you? The soil makes a difference. My grandfather was a farmer. He had a a fairly big chunk of land, but only a fraction of that land that he actually used for farming. There was some of the land that was on the side of a side of a hill. If you dug down just a few inches, it was solid rock. My, my granddad didn't plant there. Some of the land was covered by mesquite trees. Those are some of the ugliest trees on earth. They're really hard to get rid of, both because they grow like weeds and also because they have long thorns on the branches. So he didn't farm there either. Then there were the fields of deep Rich, black soil. That's where my granddad planted his crops of corn and cotton and maize and all kinds of things. Now, on my granddad's farm, the soil really didn't have a choice about what kind of soil it was. Whether it was rocky or whether it was good soil, it just kind of was. Part of the point of this parable is something very interesting. We get to choose what kind of soil we are going to be. So Jesus is addressing this crowd made up of a lot of different type of people who coming that day had made a choice about how they were going to receive the message that Jesus was proclaiming. Some of those gathered that day, no doubt, were some of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They'd made a choice about what kind of soil they were going to be. 
They weren't there to hear what Jesus had to teach. They were there to find some way to get rid of him. They'd already made a decision before Jesus even began preaching that day. They'd made a decision. They wanted him gone. There were others who were curiosity seekers. Who'd heard about some of the fantastic things that Jesus had been doing. And they'd come out just to check it out. See what all the fuss was about. And then there were others who were like the disciples. They were beginning to wonder, is this truly the Messiah? Is he the one? And they came that day searching for who Jesus truly was. There were people represented in the crowd who fit each of the categories of the soils that we're going to look at over the next few weeks. Most of the fields in the New Testament world would have looked basically like what Jesus was describing. A mixture of some rocky soil, some good soil, and several different kinds of soil in between. In this parable, Jesus asks a very pointed question. A question he was asking the people that were gathered that day by the lakeside. And a question that he asks us today. Which of these soils are you? Well, this morning we're going to look at the first one that Jesus describes that actually is a warning. A warning not to get trampled. Here's how Jesus describes it. In fact, this first type of soil, you probably wouldn't really describe as a soil, so to speak. It was the footpath, the road. And it was pretty obvious that nothing was going to grow there. And that's how Jesus describes it. Verse 4, as he scattered the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. The disciples realized the significance of what Jesus was saying. And so later on, they asked Jesus, explain to us what this parable means. And so he describes what he meant by this hardened soil in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. 13, then Jesus said to them, don't you understand the parable? How then will you understand any parable? In other words, he's saying this parable is the key to all the other parables that I'm going to tell you. So let's get this one right. And then he says, the farmer sows the word. So that's what the seed is. The word, the message of the kingdom. Then verse 15, this first soil. Some of the people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word. That was sown in them. He explains this first type of soil with a devastating reality. That those who have decided to harden their hearts against God's word. They won't have it very long. He uses the path. The the well trodden roadway beside the field as an example. And the people would understand. Well sure Nothing's going to grow there. As soon as the seed hits it, Satan uses the opportunity to steal it away. If you've ever shared your faith, you know what Jesus is talking about. Those folks that have rejected the gospel before you've even started to share it. They're more concerned about other things. Jesus just isn't even on their radar. And Satan takes full advantage of that 
to steal away the greatest treasure they will ever hear. Now, first, we need to understand what this doesn't mean. Neither this hardened soil nor the other unproductive soils that Jesus is going to describe, none of those means that we are to pick and choose where we share our faith. That's not what the farmer does in the parable. He sows the seed everywhere, knowing that some of that seed is going to take root. You want some proof? Just walk out into our parking lot. There you've got the asphalt where there's no dirt anywhere close by that you could ever find. And yet, seeds have found a way. In that hardness, there's some cracks and there's seeds that fall there and begin to take root. Here's what we need to understand. You may see your friend or your coworker or somebody at school or somebody that you know, you, you see the hardness of their life, that they seem to be totally turned against God, but you don't know the cracks that the Holy Spirit is making in that hardness of their heart. So keep sowing, keep watering, and most importantly, keep praying. Watch for those opportunities to share the good news. And yes, in that hardness, there's a great danger that Satan will very quickly steal that away. But there's also the wonderful, awesome, incredible possibility that some of that seed may fall in a crack. The Holy Spirit will let it take root. And who knows what the gospel can do in their life. So keep sowing the seed. So it's very important what Jesus is not saying here. He is not saying for us to go out and make some judgments of, oh, I don't need to witness here because they're not going to listen to me. I'll go over and witness here, and those folks are just on their own. No, we we spread the seed everywhere, just like the farmer. We spread the seed everywhere because we don't know where all the Holy Spirit is working. But here is what Jesus is saying. Folks, I need you to hear this. I I don't know why you came here this morning. You may have come here because somebody invited you. You may have come here because it's Sunday morning and church is where you're supposed to be. Or you may have come here uh, just because something said this is where I needed to be. And and you may have come here this morning thinking, well, you know, it's nice and it'll be a kind of a peaceful time. And maybe I'll get these folks off my back that have been inviting me. But I'll go ahead and do it one time. but, But I don't really need this Jesus. God doesn't really have anything for me. Maybe you came here that way this morning. If you haven't heard anything else that I've said, you need to hear this. Realize what Jesus is saying in this parable. When you harden your heart against what God is trying to say to you, you open the door for Satan to steal it away. Now, you may think that's what you want. You may think, well, I don't really need this Jesus stuff anyway. Satan can have it. But I promise you, I promise you, you need to hear what God's saying. You need to know the greatest treasure there is. The 
treasures of this earth, if you pile them all together, all the gold, all the silver, all the money, all the power, all the fame, everything in this world that appears to be some kind of treasure, if you piled all of that up together, it would not begin to measure up to what God has for you in Jesus Christ. I plead with you this morning. Let God's Word take root in your life. And maybe, somewhere along the way, you've come to a a conclusion that your life is just too far gone. That there's no way that God could love you. And you've put on a, a facade. I believe that's what most of the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing with Jesus. See, those guys knew the Bible. They knew the Scripture. And I think for many of them, they were like Martin Luther, the great Reformation leader, who, who knew the Scripture. And the more he understood about the Scripture, the more he understood how far away from God he really was. And I believe for the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their reaction was to put up a wall, a facade, that behind that wall, they were thinking to themselves, I'm not even beginning to live up to what God is saying. I'm not even close to what the Scripture is describing that I should be. And so they put up this wall to make everybody think they were righteous and holy and that they knew everything. But behind, they were falling apart. And that may be where you are today. You've put up a wall between you and anything that has to do with God, and behind that wall you are desperately feeling there's nothing that God could do for me. God loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. That's how much God loves you. Take down that wall. Let God speak to your heart. Let Him express this extraordinary grace that only He can give. Take down the wall today. Don't let Satan steal away the greatest treasure of all. Heavenly Father, help us. This is a difficult parable as we consider the reality of of what you were saying here. That we can harden our heart and allow Satan to steal away the glorious truth of the Scripture. So God, I, I pray you would break down some walls this morning. Maybe there's someone here and they have continually tried to push you away because they thought they weren't good enough or they thought there was something in their life that was not allowable or whatever it might be. Somewhere along the way, they've decided that they can't be transformed by your love. God, break down that wall. I pray your Holy Spirit would be placing some cracks where your word can take root and begin to flourish and grow. 
God, there's some of us here that are discouraged as we've sought to share your word, maybe where we work, maybe where we go to school, just haven't seen the results of that that we had hoped there would be. God, even to the point that we've even given up and just said, well, I guess the gospel's just not going to work here. God, don't let that happen. Help us to see that your Holy Spirit is powerful. That even in the darkest places, you can work in an extraordinary fashion. God, speak to us today, we pray. Encourage us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.